Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Good evening, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to our Horror on the Orient Express campaign, where we are in Venice. And so, before we get started, I would like to thank all of our listeners and our supporters, and the cast themselves, who assist me in creating this wonderful story for you. And so... We will get started after that with our introductions. So if you would, to my right. Hello, this is Mike, and I'm playing James Robert Fraser. To Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, I'm Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I just can't keep track of Maggie and all of her men. Yes, uh, it seems uh, uh, Bellinger has uh, found another here, uh, soon to be heartbroken, as uh, she'll have to, to move along to the next city uh, at the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and the doll factory is completely safe. I mean, for now. For now. To Mr. Griffiths, right? Hi, I'm Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger, and I'm hoping to add to my body part collection today, possibly. Ooh, collecting parts along the way. And so, last but certainly not least, I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney. Richard's confused about things at the minute, but hopefully things will uh, clear themselves up soon. Yeah, I think that's fair. There's a awful lot going on. It's a lot to keep a handle on, especially with the um, strange state of your own skin these days. And so we're going to raise the curtain on an afternoon in Venice, one which has been just finished up at the Gramancy Doll Factory, where the investigators happened upon a very important piece of information one which was stuffed away in the logs at the Gramancy family accounting. And so they have determined through this, with the assistance of Sebastiano Gramancy, that there is a uh, Zignani palace, some sort of building, where the Gramancy family did work, where they perhaps installed some dolls, some rather large ones. He called them automatons. It's, um, it's a little confusing. For clarity's sake, he did point out on Lady Elizabeth's map where the Rizzignani Palace could be found. And so it's not too awful far from where you are. It's probably about a 20-minute walk or a 10 or so minute gondola ride. And it actually even is on the way back towards the hotel, even though the hotel is probably, again, another 20 or so minutes by foot and gondola as well, because you'll need to be able to traverse the water at some point. And so, outside the doors of the factory, after the investigators leave, we'll pick up there and hear what they're going to do. Don't everyone speak up at once. So thank you for speaking up first, Lady Elizabeth. So tell me, where are you and your investigators going? You are the person of highest title here anyway. 
I rather thought we were going to the Palazzo, even though Sebastian really didn't want us going to look at the clock tower. Okay, so my question to you all would be then, if you are planning on going to the clock tower, this Palazzo, uh, how would you get there? You have a couple means, and so I'd like to know how you're going to use them. Feel free to talk amongst yourselves. Well, I don't know. Does Are we going to gondola? I, we talked about just trying to not take gondolas, but... Should pipes up and goes, well, I, I, I think we should walk. I mean, incredibly black and uh, who knows what's in there. Your ladyship, do you feel up to a 20-minute walk? I think it will be fine. It's not that far. And we haven't done that much walking today. What do we think the danger level's going to be here? I have no idea, really. I mean, we don't know. Does anybody live in this palace? Uh, what is its function now? Is it, does it have any? Is it a derelict building? Well, we'll have to negotiate through. Um, we've seen who's about on the streets, so we might encounter some rather militant individuals, shall we say? Well, I have a suggestion. We were at the small chapel where we found the old note in the crawl. But by that same token, somehow your brother, Ms. Lady E, left a note on the altar there. Yes. Well, it's an entire possibility that maybe he knows about this item we are pursuing as well. I have no doubts that he does. Could he be waiting there for us? Entirely possible. Doesn't mean we shouldn't go there. I, I, I completely agree, because we do have to pursue our things, but the suggestion is maybe we go back to the hotel and uh, stock up. For I, for one, only have one particular item I need to use, and I pat my walking cane. Uh, the rest of you, however, if you feel like getting things. But I don't think we should be delaying too much longer. I was just wondering if you wanted Mr. Thompson to come with us. It's entirely up to you, Simon. I, I would say if you feel the, the necessity to bring uh, heavy firearms, then by all means. We really don't know what awaits. Should we scout the place out first? That might not be a bad idea, actually. It, it is on the way back to the hotel, so we do that that might be safer if we do a cursory inspection we might determine if there's anybody at home well find uh, if we do a recce that uh, there's no need to head back to the hotel so fair well then let's proceed shall we the longer we stand around talking about it the less time we have to do things I will put to your ladyship. If we're all in agreement, then you will uh, walk back then, yes, to the hotel rather than uh, taking any sort of gondola rides. Yes, but I think we were going to look at the clock tower first. Right. Because we wouldn't need to go back to the hotel if everything looks fine at the clock tower, which I'm sure it will. 
Walking to the Palazzo Rizziani is not impossible, although it does take you down a couple of streets to get to um, crossing bridges for some of the smaller rios. And so it takes you roughly about 15 to 20 minutes or so to walk there. Uh, and the closest that the group can get is across the Grand Canal from it, as it is on another section of the islands that make up the centerpieces of Venice. And so you get a wide look at this location. It's about three to four stories. You see the tower there attached to this building, this clock tower. The main entranceway actually faces the Grand Canal. And so there has to be another method of entry. Uh, there are large doors at the front of it, which could be accessed, but they would have to be accessed by boat. Or you'd have to get directly up against them to get to the small walkways there that are in front of the, the palace. It looks very much like Sebastiano explained. The palazzo is in disrepair. It's something that you can tell from the other buildings around it almost seems to spread its malcontent, its nature. It seems to st sort of spill out. The paint, the plaster cracks, the unkempt nature is shedding itself on the buildings nearby. The small alleyway that is nearby as well, which would be the foot access for it. Looks like it has a boat jetty that is in disrepair. The actual pier is cracked and probably not safe for you to walk on. And you get an excellent view, of course, of the canal, which at this point has truly darkened in the afternoon. And you smell more fires in the city. You're starting to see burning fires here along some of the streets. You know, you only seen one a few hours ago, but now that time has passed, you're beginning to see more. The city feels very much like it is at some sort of tipping point. And the voices calling out in the distance in a language you do not speak, save for a few words that uh, Lady Elizabeth has managed to learn, you hear foreign voices in high calls. You hear a lot of boot steps from people moving in the streets around you, but not directly near you. And so you get this strange kind of sonic wraparound noises in your ears where you can hear all of these things happening but not see them. But Palazzo Rizzinani is simply across the canal there. You would have to you would have to get to that island, that portion of Venice, to get to your hotel. All right, so there's no bridges that are close by to where we uh, where we are when we're standing directly across from the, the palace. The only bridge which spans the Grand Canal is to about probably about ten minutes to your north, and that is the Rialto Bridge, the Bridge of Lovers. And that would give you access to the island. And then you would have to pick your way through the streets in the northern, more, more northern part of the city to get south towards the Adriatic and eventually your hotel. So it strikes me that um, the most straightforward way of 
getting there is to well, is to get back to the, the hotel by canal, and then we can just walk to the palace as it's on the same same piece of land. Do we have the time to go back to the hotel, though? It seems as time is of the essence now, and I'm not sure if we should waste it. Well, we're going to need to, to walk up to the uh, the Rialto Bridge um, and cross over and then walk back down again through the streets. Or we could find someone to ferry us across. Look up and down the, uh, the canal and see if there's any boats, any gondolas within sight. Hail a gondola, yeah. I'd like the group to make a group luck roll. So who has the lowest luck? That's probably going to be... Oh, no, actually, it's not me. <laughs> I know who it is. It's Simon. I say I have 54. 45. 22. Go on, then. All right. Does this mean we're swimming? I didn't bring my bathing suit with me, Richard. Unless you wanted us to skinny dip. 56. That'll not be a success. Not a jetty. Not a boat. Not a raft. In sight, Mr. Fraser. In fact, that is amazing. This is the Grand Canal of Venice. And boat traffic is non-existent. There's something very wrong in the city. Look at the water. It's pitch black almost. I I want to get out of here as soon as possible. It's um, This place is most unnerving. Very unsettling. Well, without a, a gondola, we're... We have no choice but to head up to the uh, the Rialto Bridge or head all the way down to... There's, an, there's another bridge, I believe, uh, further south, but it's a, a good wee way further on. Well, let's go then. No point in chatting about it. We head up towards the Rialto. The walk there is filled with the sights and sounds of a city cracking under pressure. For some of you who served... The scent of burned bodies is something you know way too well. For others who have not had the displeasure of seeing something like this, it's impossible to move two to three blocks now in this direction towards the bridge without seeing, we'll say, religious men, devout religious men in dark robes, pulling bodies from houses and adding them to stacks along the pathway. Their bodies are covered head to toe in deep brown and black blotches. And you can see these long shapen masks that rest over the priest's heads as they continue their very morbid, grim duty. Continuing to add religious verses over the bodies in hopes of some sense of salvation for them. But you make it to the Rialto. The crossing is, of course, normally very busy. The Rialto is a, a famed bridge, one that travelers come far and wide to travel under for hopes of uh, finding romance or to walk over and perhaps vow to love someone forever. There are no Italians making such vows this evening. The Rialto is packed on each side by men in black shirts, wearing black boots, and carrying rifles. 
so what what I'd like to be doing as we walk, and particularly when we're crossing the the bridge, which uh, strikes me as being quite exposed, is keeping my eyes peeled for any sign anyone observing us, because it strikes me that um, if uh, this um, fella, let's call him Fitzgeorge, is in the city and seems to know of our movements and whereabouts, it's entirely possible he has eyes in the in the city watching our movements. Well, Mr. Fraser's duty is to keep Lady Elizabeth safe, so certainly he's going to he's going to make sure that uh, he's not caught on the hop, so to speak, if at all possible. I think it is reasonable for you to make a spot hidden roll in a moment of Overwatch approach such a concerning environment. That is a normal success, forty six under eighty. Very good, sir. The hand of fate is going to deny you success. Who could possibly... Nice. What have I done to deserve a negative hand of fate? Is that your first negative hand of fate, Spike? Oh dear, it is, yes. My first hand of fate against me. So you look left and, and right, and you surmise that, provided these black shirts don't make too big of a stink of it, you and her ladyship should be able to get through just fine. Okay. If possible, Richard wants to try and get a read on the black shirts either side of the bridge to work out whether they're whether they look hostile, whether they're actively guarding the bridge, or whether they just happen to be there. So go ahead and make a psychology roll if that's what you'd like, Professor. Because my first thought was, are they going to try to stop us, regardless of whether or not they're hostile? Are they in some way stopping the flow of traffic? That's a hard success. Eleven hundred. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes, these gentlemen do seem to be prepared for any eventuality, especially with the sidearms and the, the long guns. The long guns are particularly concerning uh, as, well, you're, you're not a man of weaponry. Richard will say, um, ah, I, they'll be guarding the bridge. I don't know what from. They don't seem to be particularly violent. Lady E is just giving Richard the side eye. I mean, the, um, well, I mean, the people on the streets seem perfectly normal. Oh, Richard being the stents all makes sense to Maggie. She in no way, shape, or form questions it. Professor, we are in danger, and I suggest you be quiet and don't draw attention to yourself until we get back where we're going. Please. We should get out of here. Right, and, and to the point, Professor, trying to what you're trying to do is cross the Rialto. And you'll you'll have to go through them to do so. And so as the the group kind of collectively makes its way towards because you, you've you've not said you've come to a complete halt. You may have slowed your pace a little bit to kind of size up the situation. You see one of these gentlemen, I use that term very loosely, in uh, clothing wave you forward can tell that he's wearing black gloves and he's got a long and jagged scar that runs up the left side of his face it kind of sets apart his skin and you can see that the flesh there was likely burned at some point move forward not antagonize them closer Pippas he puts his hand out Pippas I suppose the question here is um, common practice 
to carry um, identification papers with us? Is that something we would do it as a matter of course, or is that something that would be held at the hotel for us for our visit? I think I'm going to allow a little flexibility on this in that you have been traveling on a train which has been dipping through multiple countries. And so I think if this were a normal trip to France and you were just running around Paris and letting out ghouls or whatever it is that you were doing there, and you were planning on heading back to jolly old England afterwards, then you probably wouldn't have your papers on you because you wouldn't likely have this issue in France. That said, you have been having to show your papers a couple of times in this trip already. And so I think it is reasonable for you to have them on you. Also, there has been at least one time where we've had to make a very quick getaway onto the train. So I feel like that's further proof that we would probably keep them with us just in case we had to cut and run. Absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think if we're in a place where, where we know that there is a chance, especially if, you know, being in Mussolini's uh, Italy, um, we know there is a chance that we are likely to be stopped and asked for to see our identification papers, then it would be um, it would be foolish of us not to carry them around with us. I do too. So here's what I will surmise. All of you have your passports on you. And that is both reasonable. Not for much longer. That said, each one of you is going to roll luck. We believe in you, Simon Griffith. My luck is only 38. No. Ooh, 25. I passed a luck roll for once. Richard got 11 under 45. That's the second 11 of the evening. Maggie got a 43 under 54. I was thinking it might be possible even that Mr. Fraser would carry Lady Elizabeth's uh, papers with him in order to uh, on her behalf in situations such as this. But I think that's likely, likely possible, yes. Let's see if he's got his own. No. I rolled a 35, which uh, is uh, a little bit over my luck of 29. Simon got an 80. Approach. He approaches you and takes each one of them. Right, So there are four of these black shirts. Uh, and as soon as the first one approaches you and begin asking for papers, one on the uh, corresponding side, your f- the facing side of this bridge that you're on, one to the right comes forward to and starts looking through your papers. All right. So we know that Mr. Fraser has failed the role as well. And we know that um, Simon has two. Is everyone else passed then, if memory serves? So, gentlemen, I don't use that term loosely with the two of you. It isn't so much that you get picked on at all, actually. In the haste to get out to the doll factory, Mr. Fraser, you've simply forgotten them. And it's an honest mistake. You know that. The trouble is, is the weight of your heart that falls in knowing that your papers are not on you and how much of a stink they could possibly make. Your trouble... Simon, is that when they take your passport and look at it, they look at you and look at the passport and you see this gentleman do it two or three times. And then he turns back to some of the other black shirts that are there and says something in Italian, very short and very curt. And then another one of them comes forward and he passes your passport back to them. You can begin to feel this kind of tremble of pressure in the air as they're passing the book back and and I guess what I want to know too Mr. Fraser when he asks you to produce the papers what what do you say oh, I'll just say I'm, I, 
I, I, I do apologize. Um, most remiss. I, I appear to have left my papers at, uh, uh, at our hotel, uh, but uh, I, I can uh, certainly uh, retrieve them uh, for you. If, uh, and please um, feel free, you may escort me if, uh, if uh, that's required. We are about a 10, 15 minute walk from the hotel. It's uh, 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 most forgetful of me. I, I'm, uh, I understand the, the importance of uh, carrying identification uh, uh, in, in the city streets, and uh, uh, clearly, I have, uh, I've, I've made a, a, an error for uh, which, uh, well, I, I, I really don't know what more I can say. But uh, I can certainly retrieve them for you. The gentleman who took Lady Elizabeth's papers hands them after he looks at them, hands them to her gives her this greasy smile, turns a little bit and gestures to the bridge. And he tells you in Italian to go. Just me or Maggie and Richard as well? Maggie and Richard being attended to by this the other gentleman that was helping check papers, and they seem to have everything in order. They begin to get kind of shirred away. You can The tenuous part of this for you... Mr. Fraser, is when you see these two groups begin to, to move apart. Uh, are you uh, needing to uh, keep us here? Um, uh, one of my companions could uh, uh, retrieve my, uh, my papers for you if that, uh, if that is preferable to you. I, uh, I, I certainly don't want to uh, go against the, uh, the protocols of, of your city. Um, um, I'm more than happy to uh, acquiesce in any way that you require me to being as uh, that you are doing a very important job here. Yeah. And I'd like to try and use my charm to <laughs> get out of this situation as best I can. I think that is a reasonable request. And so I'm going to allow you to charm your way out of this. All right. He's not. That is a hard success. 21 out of 42. It's good. Hard success is what was required. He looks at you and he says something in Italian, but the way his face kind of scrunches up, it is probably slightly derogatory. And he kind of gives you this just kind of cast off hand wave and uh, turns his attention to Simon. I'm going to take advantage of the moment and hold out my arm to Fraser as in, Mr. Fraser, I do believe I require your assistance. Of course, your ladyship, uh, right away. Uh, thank you, thank you very much, gentlemen. I, I, I do appreciate your, uh, um, uh, your generosity in this uh, situation. And I'm going to get him to start moving before he says something that will get him in trouble again. Simon, you are now being kind of set upon in the left and the right-hand side by two men in dark shirts. Both have shouldered rifles uh, slung, um, but are very looking very intently at your passport. Is there a problem? I am an American citizen. Americana, eh? They smile at one another. You hear them ask you a question in Italian. I don't speak Italian. Do you speak French or English? <laughs> the one on the right seems to inhale very sharply and spit on the ground. No. This is Italy. Mm-hmm. I understand it's Italy. Do you have a problem with my passport, sir? No, there's no problem. He turns. 
seems to look at it again, flip through some of the pages. What are you doing here? I am escorting a couple of associates here. We are currently on a trip to Constantinople, and they thought they would stop off here. I've been hired as a bodyguard due to my time in the war. You say the word war, and they seem to perk up a little bit. War. You hear a stream of Italian come after that. I was on the Western Front. Hmm. He looks you in the eyes, and he hands your passport towards you. I reach out to take it. Like, you go to grab it, and he whips it left. And passports are not necessarily as they are now. They're not careful books, right? They're literal papers, and some of them come in holders, which I assume everybody in the group has. Um, And so, if you'd like to keep it from going into the Grand Canal, I will need a hard dex roll. That is a 72. Under 80, it is not a hard. Okay, so we resolve that then. Just checking some things. So you can either spend luck or push the roll. That's what is available to you, sir. Well, I can't spend luck because I don't have enough to get it down to a fort. That is true. So I will dive for it, pushing the roll. 54, which will not pass. And I can't spend luck on a push roll. No, sir, you cannot. So it's a failed dex push. So you spring into action because that's the kind of person you are. And you know how important the passport is. When you spring into action, you have to take the straightest line to get to your passport, which is effectively through his left arm. As you do so, you lift your arm up, you hook his arm. And the two of you leap off the walkway here and into the Grand Canal. Would there be any chance at all that I would be close enough to react to that and grab one or other of them, or maybe even both of them, unlikely both of them, but before they actually end up in the water? You're still holding onto my arm. Yeah, I know, but (laughs) I don't know how far away we've got. I might have got too far away. I I do like the um, enhancement of fun here, potential. So I'm going to say, yes, there is the potential for you to grab one or the other. I'm going to assume you're going to attempt to grab Simon. Uh, although you feel free to give me some clarity on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right then. Uh, so what I will say, it was a hard dex roll to get the passport. So getting Simon, right. will be equally as difficult. Okay. And then, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it lands after that. All right. So, my dex is sixty. And I rolled twelve. Ooh, very good. So you reach out in a flash. So he he lightly kind of drops your arm, Lady Elizabeth, and he reacts quick as a cat and reaches out and grabs onto. Let's see here. I've got to die for this now. Okay, so you reach onto the back of of um, Simon's neck. So you grab him by the by the back of the shirt to keep him from going over. Simon, you're 
toes reach the line where the drop-off begins to the Grand Canal, and your body flexes out like a bow as a hand has grabbed onto you from behind to keep you from falling. My question is, to you, how important is that passport? Do I have a choice of dropping the guy in the canal and grabbing the passport? (laughs) No, sir. You have one action, one attempt to, with your left or right arm, bend and reach and snatch the passport. What happens to the the um, black shirt is already sunk cost. I will go ahead and try and grab the passport, then. I will do the best I can. Certainly. Dex roll? Mm-hmm. 62 under 80. Okay. You snatch the passport. You grab it. Uh, and as you do, a weight is lifted a bit from the left side of your body. And it is on account of the black shirt falling off backwards into the Grand Canal, rifle and all, with a rather inglorious scream and splash. Take it, his um, companions, the other black shirts, are kind of rushing over to try and prevent this, but uh, not successfully. <laughs> yeah, so they're just not on their game tonight. And they rush over, and the three that are left here begin trying to work their way down to the closest pier. And I would like everyone who's here watching this go on. I'd like a spot hidden roll. Hard spot hidden roll. That's a three. That's a 73, no. 79 for Maggie. 32 under 64, so right on the nose. I've got a feeling that we this is a spot hidden we don't want to make. <laughs> well, I, I got an extreme, so I'm assuming I see it. Uh, that's a 10, so that's an extreme success for me as well. Fitting that the two of you who are closest are going to get a chance to peek at this. When he splashes down into the Grand Canal, what arrives moments after is a wide, toothy mouth and two big frog-like eyes which swallow him whole. And now the two of you make me sanity rolls. Oh, shit. Yikes. Didn't Richard I'm, see it too? Richard did, Richard did make yeah. a hard spot hidden. Does he <laughs> yeah. need to roll this or was he not close enough? No, go, go right ahead for me, sir. Okay. I'll take more of your sand, as much as I can get. Mike? I got a 52 under 53. Fantastic. Yeah. But you got a 15. The dice are behind this evening. Yeah, me too as well. I got a a 23 under 42. So just roll 3d6 then. One for each of you. I'm very glad we didn't fail those. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you are. Oh, okay. So not terribly bad. Uh, So I will take two from Richard and three from Simon and just one from Mr. Fraser. That could have been a lot worse. Way worse. Oh, we're going to need bigger guns. So this is mind boggling for the first second that your brain registers it. I'll leave it to the three of you what you might interpret it as, but that is certainly not a big fish. 
how have the other black shirts reacted? Have they seen this as well? Well, they're hustling to piers and steps. And so they had to go perpendicular to what was going on in the water. So they have not seen it. Okay. Richard makes a small little sort of yip type noise and goes, ah, um, Maggie, there's, there's something in the water. Um, get your camera. Oh, oh. And Maggie will start like fumbling with her camera to try to get it out and take a picture. Where at? Where? Richard, where? Where, 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 where the guard fell in? There was a, a, a thing with teeth and, and eyes. Maggie, you coming over with your camera? Yeah. Okay. Of course. So it, it makes a second rise because obviously it has to continue. And so, Miss Bellinger, if you're going to take a picture of it, you will not have to make a spot hidden roll because it will be there in the camera lens. Mm-hmm. You're just going to make a sanity roll. Okay. That's it. Thank you, Richard. For fuck's sake, Richard. Just think of the travel guide. It's going to be spectacular. That Richard cares not for Maggie's sanity. (laughs) I think think, um, Mr. Fraser is frantically dragging um, Simon back up. And Simon's backpedaling as fast Mm. as he can. And he's giving just the weirdest. Uh I have a feeling that Maggie's Google eyes might be even. Is that a hundred you've rolled? Yes. Oh, fuck. oh yeah. no! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh, no, no. Fuck That's what all the zeros means, right? It's okay. It'll be every- No, Maggie. Oh no. That's that's a hundred there on your mm-hmm. uh, on your roll there. Oh crikey, Maggie! So I am going to upgrade your sanity die with a hand of fate. Yay! I've been feeling so sane lately too. What's your current sanity, Maggie? Uh, so my current sanity, if I have not taken that off yet, the three is 50. My starting was 58. So my base for uh, sanity is 46. Miss Bellinger, lose 10 points of sanity. You are indefinitely insane. Yes, I am indefinitely insane. Maggie, you take this photo. There is a fresh pop from the flashbulb. And... Illuminated through that lens is something more than you were expecting. It isn't the mouth or the teeth or the thick gums that hold all of it together, right? The large fish face that you see. It is below that face, below the the chin, the, the lower mouth of this wide face, It's along the side of this creature that truly baffles your mind. And it's the two hands, the human, humanoid hands, one on each side of it, that clutch another bloated corpse in reserve as the mouth continues to up, up and down. It continues to masticate up and down the body of this black shirt. And it looks you in the eye. It tilts its head just slightly to make eye contact with you. And the world swirls and you collapse. This side of the Rialto Bridge is now unmanned by the black shirts. Several of our keen investigators likely notice this. And you do manage, Mr. Fraser, to recover Mr. Griffith before he ends up in whatever that was. 
Did you see that, Simon? We're going to need bigger guns, Mr. Fraser. What the hell was that? That was no shark. Let's get out of here while we can. Miss, Miss Bellinger! Richard will scoozle over to Maggie at this point and, um, ah, Maggie, Maggie, and uh, try and wake her, give her a little gentle shake. Give me a spot hidden roll, if you would, Professor, just you. Uh, that's a 44 under 64, so that's a normal success, although I'm not sure I wanted to pass that one. So beyond the um, heaving breasts of one Margaret Bellinger, in her eyes you see something that is very disturbing, and that is the telltale signs of specks of red and green and purple thread work. Just for a moment. And then she seems to snap right out of it. She wakes up like a brand new person. Maggie, are you okay? Yes, I, I'm better than I've ever been. Oh, wow. Oh, well, that's, that's marvelous. Feel fantastic, Richard. Well, that's good. Shall, shall we go? I, I believe um, Mr. Fraser has Simon in hand there. I, I, yes, you're, you're right, Simon. I'll... I'm fine. I just would like to get back on the solid land. And I've got my passport. And let's just go. Yes, let's go. Everything will be fine from now on. Your ladyship, I, I do apologise, Sarah. It seemed uh, Mr Griffith required my attention there momentarily. Yes, it seems many things require your attention, Mr Fraser. Shall we go? Well, we have a moment. Indeed, yes, let's. Before anyone else gets pushed into a canal and disappears. Okay, so if the in- investigators are going to make their way across the Rialto, it is a beautiful bridge under every other circumstance, although this one has made it slightly wary. As you leave the former side of the island behind you, you can see that the black shirts are still struggling to pull out their uh, erstwhile companion. He's screaming very, very loudly about something in the water. Those of you who did not make the spot hidden roll have no idea what he's talking about. And quite frankly, Miss Bellinger, you no longer care. No, Maggie would probably fondly be gazing at the water. Those who don't didn't make the spot hidden roll, meaning one Lady Elizabeth. I mean, I wasn't going to point you out, but I'm happy to if you do. You get to the other side of the Rialto, and the men there are giving you quite an eye, Miss Bellinger. They're uh, very interested in checking your papers, but um, seemingly it's beneath you. Oh, it is, yes. I would just wave my hand, continue to walk. Okay. You walk through these four black shirts, and they... Are these ones just completely ignoring what's happened at the other side of the bridge, or are they not seeing it at all? First of all, the Grand Canal is pretty wide. And um, from their position, they can see what's going on, but they can't really affect much of it. Hmm. They let you right through, Maggie. They don't bother you at all. As expected. Uh, do we feel up to uh, continuing to this uh, palace? Or Maggie's walking already towards the palace. Right. 
I I don't think we need to stop for anything anymore. Uh, okay. Richard will just follow. So you pass the Hotel Rialto and pass back down south. So there are walkways that cross the Rios here. Uh, again, it's about a 10-minute walk back at this point to the Ritzignani uh, Tower. The neighborhoods here on this portion of Venice are a little, at least the immediate ones by the Rialto, are much more, we'll say uh, the, the military presence here is a little higher. Uh, it being a very public fixture and also a major bridge, uh, they're paying pretty close attention to it. So you see some more black shirts. What you're not seeing, honestly, is many every average day people. You're not seeing many Venetians. You're seeing um, a few delivery people who are scuttling about trying to wrap up work before the, the night falls. And you're seeing that in like roving groups of clerics or priests from nearby Catholic churches who are trying to give last rites or trying to direct funeral pyres. There's much more heavier smoke down. The air is uh, a little bit clustered with either fog or, or clouds of who knows what still clings to some of the surfaces in the buildings here. Simon, what was that business with the uh, black shirts on the bridge? Are your papers in order? My papers are fine. I think they're just bullies. But I'm also thinking that we need to be prepared because I have a feeling that is, this is all we're going to see in the streets from now on. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, they were very lucky that you didn't go into the canal there with that thing. Jim, I owe you. No, no, no. You did the same for me. I would, sir. Let's see what's up ahead, eh? Continuing on then to the uh, Rizzignani, the neighbors here, the neighborhoods here begin to thin as far as some of the buildings go. You get a little bit more space. Things are a little less uh, packed so tightly. Which is nice. Uh, the unfortunate part is the space, the open space, is filled with sick people now. And so in some of these larger, what we would call courtyard spaces, you're beginning to see clusters of sick children and sick people. It might only be two or three at a time. But each pile of sick people waiting outside their house when what is likely just the eventuality, the long-term eventuality, they're simply going to be burned, is a little tough to bear. Except for you, Miss Ballinger, this is the way of things. It is. We live and then we die. Some. Some. I should say they live and then they die. That's correct. And so you get down to this tightly packed alleyway eventually, which leads to the Palazzo Rizzignani. And the neighborhood is silent. It's also noticeably colder here, probably by five degrees. It's in the air. It feels uncomfortable on your skin. It kind of crawls up your forearms and your neck until it finds a resting place behind an uncomfortable spot on your back. It's, it elicits such a shiver from your skin. I'm trying to remember um, whether or not 
I said I was um, carrying my uh, revolver when we headed out to the uh, to the factory. I think I did. But I'm not I do believe you did. Yeah, okay. I believe I did. You are considered armed. Of course, Mr. Griffith is armed as well, although the choice has been made by Miss Miss Ballinger to continue rather than going to the hotel. And so that is what the group is doing. Yep. I guess when you get to this plaza, which is not too terribly far from your current position, a block or two, having seen it from the other side of the Grand Canal, what are the investigators doing when they arrive? Walking in the front door. Okay. Before you go straight in, let's let's observe the uh, the building for a moment from this side, shall we? If something was there, I would notice it. Well, then I have nothing to fear. <laughs> well, that's easily said, but we don't know what's in there. Well, I allow you to walk beside me, but what's in there will surely tremble before me. I think I'd like to make a psychology roll because this is not <laughs> Margaret Bellinger's normal mode of behavior. It does seem reasonable for you to cross the roll. Go ahead. Okay. That seems perfectly reasonable to me. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem reasonable. You just don't know what's wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe she's had a bit of a shock seeing... She obviously saw that thing in the river. And yes, she's, she's had a, a wee bit of a shock. She's not, not quite herself. That's That's got to be what it is. Oh, and if you... You were on the bridge. I we were all on the bridge. I, you you saw it then? I did. I, I, whatever it was. Then you have nothing to fear as well. I'm sorry, I don't quite follow. Let's go. Anything in there will tremble before us, fall to its knees, or... Um, would, would it be wise to maybe take a photo of the door first um, before we go in, uh, just for the, the, the travel guide? Oh, <laughs> I have no need for writing anymore. Oh, I had such high hopes for your, your guide. You were... You were very passionate about it. I'm sure someone else, human, will take care of that. Miss Maggie, are we correct in assuming you had an epiphany down by the canal? Oh, you could call it that. I think it's more than that. What do you think it is? Well, what do you see before you? I see Miss Maggie. Well, of course, but... I've 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 looked into a powerful powerful force a, a a deity and I've lived it only makes sense that I I too must now have the power of a god I did see something in your eyes it was um well quite unusual yes so you've seen it too the change in me richard well there certainly was something richard are you starting a cult I think you've had a wee bit of a shock, Miss Spellinger. You are welcome to worship me, Richard, if you'd like. Richard looks very uneasy. And lay down at my feet, or... Um, well, um, um, well, perhaps we can go in together. Um, would you would you like to take my arm? I, I, I suppose if that would make you feel better, safer. Yes, yes, it would. Maggie will take Richard's arm for his protection. And lead him in inside. So, the Ritzanyani is not open. 
this uh, rather crumbling structure does have a, a grand entrance uh, or a set of doors here that you eventually come to, but it is locked. Is it wise to be following someone who is uh, not all there right now? I don't know what's going on, Simon. She's behaving very peculiarly indeed. I, I think um, I think seeing that creature must have given her quite a fright. She's not, not herself. I mean, she's obviously in shock. Remember the boys when they first went over and saw the elephant? Well, I mean, something like that, I suppose, but uh, not my place to tell her what she can and cannot do. Yeah, it is, though. We, we And I only say this because we are here to keep us safe. Well, I, if you feel that you need to do something about it, then I'm certainly not going to stand in your way. Miss Miss Maggie, why don't we go back to the hotel and, and get some stuff? And There's no need for that. And if the door's locked, Maggie will simply stand back and kind of gesture at the door. Not necessarily like she's expecting it to open, but that she's expecting it to be open for her. Totally makes sense. By her followers. Now, now you know, Miss Maggie, I have stuff back at the hotel that can open that door. With all the pomp and circumstance that you would lack. And I will I'll grab Simon by the shoulders and say, But Simon, the power is inside of It's inside all of us. I believe in you. I believe that you don't need anything to open this door. You can just go forth and open it for me. Well, you see, I, I took my power and I put it inside my trunk and closed it. While this insane interchange is going on, um, I think um, I'm going to maybe take a little step back uh, and just eye, eye up the building and try and get an overview of it from, from where we're standing. Yeah, so building itself is, again, probably three, four stories tall, give or take. The, the outside of the structure, as explained previously, is is in a bit of disrepair. There are no ground floor windows um, that would make an entry point. The doors that are in front of you, at least the side doors, the non-canal doors, are not accessible. They, they appear chained up. Is the palace itself just fronting onto the, the street and the canal? There's not like a, a wall around it or, or anything like that? Correct. It's not kind of um, gardens around it? I think no, it's just no a, gardens well, around It's it. just a large building sitting in amongst the other buildings, basically. Yeah. Effectively, yep. Richard will scuttle at high speed towards the door and try to open them in order to impress Maggie. Oh, fantastic. Is it locked? Mm-hmm. If you would, Professor, give us a locksmith roll. Okay. Zero two. Oh, stupendous. Uh, so right on time, Miss Bellinger, your follower makes use of the gifts that you've lent him through your power. And he opens the door. In fact, exceedingly effectively. It barely takes him a few moments. He seems to be quite handy with his fingers. I only acknowledge things that confirm that I'm a god. So, yes. <laughs> oh, this is obviously one of them. Mm-hmm. A miracle of my doing. Richard beckons Maggie towards the door with a, a flourish with his arm and uh, uh, this way. Maggie will walk in, enter. Simon, I think Richard's a wee bit touched as well. You enter? Jib, he's, he's been touched for months. No, I tried it and he said no. It's true. It's been recorded. 
So is the group, the rest of the group, entering? Now that the absolutely insane conversation that I have just been watching with a bemused, detached expression is over, yes. Very well. Anyone staying outside? No? I'm going to, before I go in, though, I am going to um, look up and down the street just just see if there is anybody about who might have seen us entering this building. Hard spot hidden. Same, and I, I will... Absolutely. Spot hidden, hard, difficulty. Oh, that's a, that's a fail. Order 97. Your spot hidden's over 50, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good there. Uh, f- yeah. 40, 43 under 45, normal success. Neither one of you see anyone clinging to any sort of doorways or window perches or covered under some sort of trash heap to see what uh, befalls this group. Streets and the nearby output of the alley that goes towards the canal is empty and clear. Are there um, any windows maybe on um, on an upper level or something so that when we go in, is there anywhere we could possibly go to kind of keep an eye on on the street? Maybe. You'd have to get on this side, on the alley side, and maybe on the second or third. Okay. Not on the first, though. Yeah. Okay. So with the group entering Palazzo Brizzignani, we will call our episode a rather exciting one to a close there. And so thank you so much for joining us on this fresh episode of Horror on the Orient Express. We look forward to entertaining you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>